Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Open Mic Podcast. My name is Caroline, I'm a senior at Columbia University, and I'm so excited to be hosting this series where we'll be talking about school and life and everything in between. Each episode will feature a new topic and a different guest, and today I'm so excited to be introducing Annabelle Tang. Annabelle, thank you so much for being here with me today. Of course, thank you for having me, Caroline. My name is Annabelle, I'm a senior in the Engineering School of Columbia, studying IOR, Industrial Engineering Operation Research. Um, and I've been into the fitness journey for the past five years. And me and Carolyn actually met um, this year, become a lot closer through like working out in our gym together. So I'm very excited to share about my journey. Annabelle and I kind of go way back to, I think even before freshman year during NSOP, like the welcome week, I remember I met you during during that time. And then, yeah, this year, because we kept seeing each other at Dodge, the gym at Columbia, we set up a group chat with one of our other friends. And we basically, is like a, a Dodge sisters gym group chat. <laughs> it's been great. Like, Caroline motivates me so much because um, we have different workout schedules. So, like, I'm always so impressed by you going to the gym at eight. <laughs> and I try some of the things you suggest, um, the Caroline Durbin workout. Um. <laughs> I did. I saw her. She launched at app three. So maybe I'm thinking maybe I should try that one out. We need to we need to do one of her programs together when we get back next semester. I really want to. Yes, 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 please. That would be so good. Yeah, no, but honestly, Annabelle, if you follow her on Instagram, her stories with of her workout vlogs are very, very inspirational. You can see like the progression and how strong her body is. So she's gonna basically just share some of what she's learned during her fitness her five-year fitness journey with us today. Um, so I guess like just getting started, how did you get into fitness? Um, so I would define like fitness in the sense that like start regularly um, going to the gym and weightlifting because I've always been a really active person. Like in high school, I did sports. I did tennis, lacrosse, and track. So I was like an all three season athletes. Um, and sort of my motivation for so first started like going to the gym and lifting weights honestly was during my um junior summer in high school and the motivation was really easy like very simple it was I wanted to lose weight um it seems really dumb back then but I think that's actually the reason a lot of us start it's we want to you know look better we want to skinnier um skinnier we want like maybe a more toned muscle group like a stomach so that's how I start to get into the fitness um so I had like a personal trainer in China when I take when I took 10 classes, when I just learned about the basic moves, the correct form, and then I self-taught myself from watching workout videos. And then throughout my senior in high school, um, after failing um, college application, I sort of regularly hit the gym three to four times a week. And starting throughout college, I built up a more regular and rigid workout schedule. So now my schedule is I hit the gym four to six times a week, and I usually have two rest days a week with one active rest day. So that will incorporate just walking, jogging, um, doing some basic stretching or like some really low impact movement in my dorm. And uh, right now I incorporate like a split day sort of workout. So my workout will usually be like a warm up run, usually around 35 to 40 minutes, four to five miles. And then I do left days twice a, day, um, twice a week, uh, a push day and pull day. And I recently just joined ClassPass. So I also go to some of the workout studio around New York City just to switch it up a little bit. 
Um, so that's how I got into fitness in high school and how my current um, schedule is like at Columbia. It's important, I guess, to know the goals of why people go into fitness. Like you mentioned, initially, it's probably like weight loss or looking better. But then I feel like as you progress or as you continue in the gym, your goals start to change or maybe start to, I don't know, evolve into different different types of goals. So how do you keep yourself motivated when when these things happen and when your goals change and how do you not go overboard? Yeah, I think that's a really um, good question. And I think, um, so to talk about goal, I feel like right now, right now, my current goal is that workout brings me energy and like motivation to my life in the sense that I feel like being a Columbia student, you probably resonate a lot that it's very busy. And there's a lot of things you can't control. I know Caroline studied pre-mat. So there's a lot of things such as, you know, stress about GPA, about med school application. And I, for the longest time, was recruiting for jobs. So there was a lot of things you can't control. And it's interesting to think about instead of like workout motivate me, it's almost like workout provides this sense as sense of discipline in my life. That's something I can control. It's like this one thing you can see progress if you put enough work in your body, in your diet, you can see physical, visible improvement on your body, on your strength, on how much weight you can lift. And I think that sense of motivation, it's also what drives me to keep me going back. And the sense of a discipline, not in the sense that I'm pushing myself overboard, but in the sense that I have in a regular routine, I'm being active three to five times a week. And that sort of hitting that, you know, goal every week, brings me a positive feedback loop and I think that's what's important and that's I think the biggest advice I can give people is to have goals that it's sustainable and achievable so that once you hit that little milestone it brings you so much more motivation to continue doing it um so that's one tip is to have sustainable goals it could be really like starting small such as I want to build up endurance when I'm on the treadmill. I remember when I first started, I can only run like 10 minutes on the treadmill. And it's not even that I'm physically tired. It's just I'm mentally tired. I can't really be on a treadmill for more than 10 minutes. It's just boring. Um, but then gradually I hit it up. I'm like, just one more minute a day, right? But then if you think about it, one more minute a day, up to a week, it's seven more minutes, right? And then finally I hit like my milestone of being able to run a treadmill for 30 minutes. And was able to also increase my speed endurance. I just feel like, oh, wow, you know, that's something that's workable that I thought wouldn't happen before. And it could be also like more long-term goals, such as you want to, you know, like weight, like lift, let's say 45 more kilograms on your deadlift by the end of June. So you can start building up, like work that into weekly schedule gradually. So that's the first one to set achievable goals. And I think the second tips for keeping motivated is to have a plan and schedule. So for me, I use my Outlook calendar and I sort of plan my week of workout ahead of time and schedule other comments around it. So Monday and Monday is usually my back day and Tuesday is my chest day. And then I like do Wednesday and Saturday um, to be glutes day or like Sunday glutes day. I have this whole thing called Sunday self-care Sunday sort of I just do glutes in the gym, have two or three hours to myself and not see anyone. Um, and then I always block the time out like on days. So for example, my usual day um, time that I go to workouts around 5 p.m. So if I were to meet up someone else for dinner, I'll schedule at seven so that I know I have enough time before dinner to go to the gym. 
Um, so that's another tip is to have a planned schedule. And some other little tips to get yourself motivated could be really like little stuff, such as wear workout clothes when you go out, right? Just wear your running shoes so that you have no excuse after class to walk back to your dorms. But like, you know, I'm already in the workout clothes. I'm ready. So let's hit the gym or even get a locker in Dodge. Because I know some of the excuses I've heard is like, oh my God, I live in Nussbaum. I live in Shapiro. It's so far from Dodge, which is our gym. Um, I don't want to go back and get the stuff, right? But if you have a locker in the gym, you can just store your shoes, your clothes, your rollers, your um, your gloves and everything in the locker. And it's a lot easier to change and shower afterwards. Um, and I think also Apple Watch has been <laughs> a really good sort of little tool to get me I'm motivated. So me, Caroline, my other friends, we're on Apple Watch friends. So every time Caroline finished her workout, I receive a notification at sometimes 9 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so like, Caroline finished a 30-minute hit session. I'm like, wow, Caroline started the day strong, you know, and then that will motivate me too. And that's actually like really real. Um, what else? And also I feel like you guys, it's like when I post my Instagram video of um, like workout logs and I receive like positive feedback people ask me how can they get into workouts I still feel like oh I can inspire people I can motivate people and that sort of motivates me back um, to getting to to do more workouts too to answer your second part of the question which is like not how to go overboard I think that's also very very important um, and a very common I think mis not mistake, but a not common phenomenon, both in people who work out a lot and also for people who just start to work out. So for people who work out a lot like me and other of my workout friends, like when we share experience, some common experience I found is that we all have experience over workout um, issue in the sense that we feel like if we miss a single day of workout, we are looser, we're failure. We have to stick to our perfect plan no matter it's workout or diet, and it becomes at one point very toxic and mentally stressful. And you can imagine being students at Columbia trying to maintain extracurricular, trying to work out, but also like being so harsh yourself. It's just not very mentally sustainable. Um, and how I get it over is to really have deep conversation with myself um, and think of workout as a long lifelong habit and compared to the next 10 years of my life, missing a day of workout, even a week of workout, it's nothing compared to like the rest of the 10 years of my life. And everyone will say that, well, you will lose your gains. But trust me, once you start hitting the gym again in like 10 days, it will come back. It's not gonna You're not going to lose all the gains in just 10 days. And for people like I know some of my friends who just started workout, they also tend to overwork their body because when they first see the result, like maybe it's the number on the weight, um, the scale that decreased, they got so motivated. So they want to do more and more and longer, longer cardios. But at one point, they will also hit that exhaustion. And also when their progress hit a plateau, it's really hard to keep going. So I always tell my friends who just started to go work out to take active rest day, to rest at least two times a week, just do nothing. So that once you start work out again, you know, after your rest day, you feel very refilled and you feel energized again. So yeah, I think the especially the point about treating it not as like the short term, but kind of looking at it as if like, it's a lifestyle change, you're going to be more active, you're going to eat uh, like healthier foods in the future. That's really important. Because I don't know, coming back from from winter for winter break, like for the holidays, I'm like, 
I spent like a week not really exercising at all. And then you kind of feel like you, I don't know, you should have done something or you should have been more active. But then if you just start like that night that you're feeling that way and then you, you know, take it kind of week by week and see what happens. Yeah, that's a really good point. No, it's very suitable now because I'm sure people are taking breaks <laughs> during like the holidays. Just enjoy the food. Don't think about it. Just be with your family and friends. And, you know, once school starts, once you get back to that routine, you know, just keep rolling it. Oh my God, you're so motivational. <laughs> and especially because like this will be the first episode of 2022, actually. So it's actually a one year anniversary of the Open Mic Podcast. And I think this is such a good episode to start the year off with. Oh, thank you. Oh, and happy one year anniversary. It's been such a long <laughs> way. I still remember I was in China when I was like first saw your Open Mic um, like episode. I'm like, wow, Caroline doing big things out there. <laughs> Thanks, Annabelle. Talking about, I guess, New Year's, trying to, I'm sure a lot of people like have resolutions to be more fit or to eat healthier. What do you think is the, like the balance between your diet and your exercise? Um, yeah, it's always a very, I think, important question. Um, and then it really depends on your goal, I would say. So, and then there's different spikes of the year. So for people who like us work out a lot, so usually in the summer, it's natural, right, that people want to be lean and want to cut. Then usually around March is a really popular cutting cycle. Um, so you will see people start to become more control of their like calories intake um, about what they eat and try to incorporate more cardios um, and you know endurance type of workout rather than you know like um, low reps and heavier weights in order to like build muscles, right? Because that's two different types of goals. Uh, and then usually around November, December, which is right now, it's a popular bulk season because one, uh, it's been scientifically studied that during winter, your body just naturally puts on more fat. So it's really hard for people to lose weight in December and November because that's sort of against your human body instinct. And when people say, oh my God, again, wait in the winter, I want to say, it's so normal, girl, just calm down. Everyone experienced that. So that means it's also the best season to bulk which means when your body naturally wants to store fat, then you can um, increase your weights when you're doing weightlifting in order to achieve that bigger muscle group that you want. Um, in terms of diet and exercise, so that really goes hand in hand about your workout, right? So if you want to cut, I want to say every there's, there's like either increasing weight or losing weight, there is no secret formula. It's all about science, conservation of energy. So if you want to lose weight, that just means the amount of calories you intake should be less than how much you burn, right? Burn could be your body natural metabolism burning. And then you can incorporate more by doing cardios and weight. That's why people do more cardios. Because even if you say, let's say you lift weights for an hour, like you're really sweating, your heartbeat's really up, but it, it cannot compare to how much like calories you burn during, cal um, during running. But on the good side is when you, do weightlifting, those are more longer term sort of burning. So let's say you do a HIIT workout in the morning or you do weight workout in the morning, like the, it's, it keep burning throughout the day. And when, if you want to bulk, right, then you naturally want to eat more. Um, so calorie intake should be larger than your calorie burn. So it's all about your goal, your setting and adjust your diet around that. But I would always say that it's so much harder to control your diet than to control your workouts. Um, it happens to me all the time. I can't stick to my 
you know, five times a week gym workouts, but, you know, I failed so many diet plans, um, tell myself I should not, you know, like this is what I'm going to eat a day, but that's never what I'm going to eat a day. So I would say diet's always important in order to achieve sort of the goal, the body composition you want, but also a diet without an exercise is not enough. So they go hand in hand. That's a really good point about having the control over it because yeah, if you meal prep or if you have like a really set cooking schedule or what you cook is very consistent, I guess you can control what you eat. But then I feel like for college students, especially when you're having dinner with friends or you're going out for the weekend, it is difficult to know exactly like what you're going to consume. But then the fact that you can plan, like block out time in your Outlook or your Google Calendar for the workouts kind of gives you a little bit more control over that. Yeah, I just feel like diet is something that we always talk about. And there's so many different diets out there. And trust me, I sort of tried all. <laughs> and I, it, it could be a long conversation. I've tried many different types of diets and sort of still trying to figure out what works for me and works doesn't work for me. Um, but yeah. I also like how you have like emphasis on the science of, of fitness and of working out instead of kind of just following the trends or the fads of, of the, the decade. Um, do you have suggestions on YouTubers or scientific sources that, that people can refer to? Or who do you kind of look towards for your information? So for me, I always, like you said, I think it's really important to understand the science behind. So in China, we have like WeChat. So there's like WeChat account that I follow that, that posts a lot of different scientific understanding about your muscles. Um, and for American source, I think you can just search on Google's sort of like basics, like what is the mechanism behind weightlifting? Um, how, what is the right, the balanced amount of diet? And for me, let's say, for example, weightlifting, right? I think it's important that when you work out, you know which muscle group you're working out. I also, one of my workout aspiration, his name is um, Zhang. So it's, it's called Baby Carrot. He actually just won an IFBB Pro. So when I watch his video, which is usually 20 minutes, 30 minutes long, he explained like which muscle group is doing the moves. So it's the same sort of move, such as when you work out your back, right? You can do a lat pull down. For a lat pull down, it could be white-handed or like it could be like narrow-handed, right? You can also do a roll. You can do a dumbbell roll or you can do an incline dumbbell roll or like a bend over roll, right? They're all like the basic moves, but just change a little bit of angles. It changes which muscle group you work out. So I think it's important for people to first start it to either get a personal trainer. That's sort of the quickest and fastest way to get yourself into workout if you've never done it before or to sort of watch those longer sort of 20 minute, 30 minute sessions um, of people explaining this is the type of muscle group that you're working out. So that you know, when you work out, you can establish that battle mind, mind muscle connection, which is also something very important. Is this something that you watch when you're eating dinner or something? Oh my God, how do you know? Yes, literally, like when I eat, I like to watch um, people's vlog about their um, workouts or explanation of this is the type of muscle group that you work out um I think that just makes me that gives me inspiration of what I want to do but for me I always do like my own workouts I never really follow a plan fully I like to add alternation into the workout because um dog it's sort of very crowded and it's limited and sort of what machine is available and what machine it has so I sort of just work with how crowded it is um 
but I, I have in general before I go into dogs like today this is the muscle group I want to work out for example back day um glutes day shoulder day hamstring day you know and then I alternate the workout based on that wow that's nice that you you like tailor it towards yourself and then also like what's available in the gym because I basically just I, I know Annabelle knows that I, I do the Caroline Gervan Epic program. She has three out now. I, I don't know if she's, she's probably going to put out a fourth one, but it's like a 50 day, 10 week, five days a week, 50 day, like sort of program. And a lot of it is just like free weight. And then like a mat, sometimes it's like cardio, cardio dumbbell, sometimes it's hit without any weight. So she doesn't really use the machines, but for the, when you use the machines, do you think that that's more effective in helping maintain good form? versus if you just use free weights? Or is it kind of different? I would say it's different because it depends on your goal again. So for free weights, it's really hard to get bigger if, if your goal is to bulk because you can only do that much with body weight or with dumbbells. But with machine, if you have a barbell, if you have a Smith machine, you can go so much heavier. Um, and also I feel like for machine, it gives you more flexibility in terms of targeting specific muscle group. Just for example, you know, the lap pull down machine, but just changing the grip, you're able to target different parts of your back, right? But if you just use free weights, body weights, it, you're sort of like really can't control like the route that it comes down. So every time you pull down, you don't really know which part of the muscle group you're working at. Um, so that's different. And also for Caroline Guerin's workout, a lot of her other, let's say YouTubers workout, in essence, it's still a hit workout in the sense that it still kind of falls in between the line of cardio and weightlifting, but I always think it's more on the cardio side, right? Because your heartbeat, it's really fast. It's high intensity interval workouts. So you don't really focus on the form as much because you're only doing each move sometimes for 30 seconds for a minute. That is not enough time to really focus on the, the, the one muscle group. So when I lift, I usually go for one set of work, uh, move. I do like around five to six reps. And each reps I do 15 to 20, um, you know, individual moves. So in that sense, I can really um, facilitate the muscle failure because you keep working on the same muscle group. So that's how you get bigger and increase your weight because you keep using that same group of muscle for multiple and longer period of time. But I think there's still, you know, like very good things about HIT is that it's very effective if you want to build overall health, because not just doing weightlifting is not enough to build your health. It's a lot of the cardio. That's what's going to build cardiovascular health. And HIT by being so high intensity enable, it's really good at, you know, in, like increasing your tolerance, increasing your endurance and building, I think, functionality rather than appearance. Because a lot of the weightlifters, they could be really big. They could be like really muscular, but it's not very like utilized, like their muscles. In the sense that if you ask, let's say someone who's very bulk in the gym, the second floor of Dodge to do Caroline Gibbons workout, like <laughs> they might feel like they couldn't do as well as you do. Because it's just not the same type of muscle group. It's not as, you know, performed. Is it more like functional versus, I don't know. Yeah, that's the word, functional. Yeah. Functional versus, I think, maybe just purely the look or weight lifter. Because like that's how I feel aesthetic when I go to tone house that I told you the workout class that's how I feel um it's like I feel like a lot of my muscle is still on the appearance side but then when I really really train with those 
athlete sort of type of workout, I'm like, wow, I, I teach me to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm such a long way to go. There's so much I can do. And that's really exciting. So it motivates me to now go back to Tone House. I'm going again tomorrow, <laughs> twice in a row. Nice. Yeah. How long was that workout? So Tone House is one of those few ones that actually lasts 60 minutes. So a lot of the workouts is usually 15 minutes. In Tone House, they split their workout into conditioning and strengths. So conditioning, it's more of um, the HIIT workouts and strengths. Um, the one I did today is just an hour weightlifting of upper body focus. But tomorrow I'm going to a core conditioning. So that will um, incorporate more, you know, burpees, mountain climbers, skull crunchers, all that good stuff to get you know, both of the cardio scene and also the weightlifting in. Did you, would you ever consider becoming a personal trainer or getting like your certification? I feel like you know so much about this. I have considered, um, but I want to honestly, that might be like maybe a new year resolution. I want to study more either about the nutrition or about, you know, um, the more muscle group so I can get certified, especially about the nutrition side. Cause I feel like I've, I've experienced like, so like different types of eating disorder before and constantly struggle with diet. So I really want to, you know, help my friends or people around me to also achieve sort of the right balance about workout and diet. I feel like that's always, um, you know, a topic that people I see around me always talk about wanting to do. And also, also just to kind of give off that positivity. Cause I feel like I've grown up having very strict um, sort of society, um, you know, expectation of what a girl should look like, what, how much they should weight, um, how much they should eat, what they should eat. Um, and then that just makes me unhappy when I'm trying to, you know, conform to that or trying to stick to my one's very rigid diet. So I want to also just be nicer to myself, you know, 2020 too, goes is to achieve that inner peace of intuitive eating. That's something I'm trying to practice now. And just to listen to my body and to rebuild that body and mind and self-conscious and connection. I also feel like there's like this societal expectation or sort of reluctance for women to lift weights or lift heavy. Have you felt that in any way? It's very interesting because whenever I go to Dodge, I'm one of the few women on the second floor, uh, which is the weightlifting room, which I understand it could be very um, intimidating for girls who first get into workout um, and and I think my suggestion will be first to find a workout buddy who know what she or she is doing it could be a girl could be it could be anyone to teach you and to sort of you know this is the layout of second floor of dodge this is what this machine is for this is what this machine is for just to have someone that you know knows what's going on to give you a little tour and then start a training session I think that helps so much built so much more confidence because I've done that a couple times with some of my friends and I I think now they're more comfortable going back to just to like work on the machine that we've worked on together because she know this is the machine to do this movement and she knows that what she's doing is right I think what a lot of the girls get scared is that they don't know what they're doing is right and for cardio sort of the um, the downside of not doing things right it's not that high right like you might not in the right run in the right form but you might just not be able to run that fast but for weightlifting it's very very dangerous if you're not doing the right form so I would say find a personal trainer or a workout body to start with it could just be one or two workout sessions but just to teach you the right form it's so important and it's so much easier later on you can just watch YouTube video and to self-study to get into it 
Um, and I would also say another thing that motivates me is to record and log your progress. Always do like a before and after photos. Like when you first started day one, take a photo, take a video to record yourself and just to revisit that like you know, every week or like me, I like to record videos because I want to see my forms. So, cause when I do some of certain moves, push or pull, I can't see what's happening in my back. I can't see what's, you know, what, whether my glute is using like the muscle or am I using my back? So I like to videotape it so I can see my form. So I can like, you know, adjust it. So that, you know, also I think provides me more, you know, like motivation to go to the gym. And also I think you just have to do it. Just step into the gym and don't get like nervous and ask if you don't know what's going on, just ask a bit, hey, can you show me this machine? People in the gym are so willing to, to show you the thing. Like, don't feel nervous. Don't feel like, oh my God, am I interrupting his or her rep? Just like ask him or her like during like the middle of their rest. Oh, is it possible to show me real quick? If they're in like in a hurry, be like, oh, sorry, let me finish this couple two reps. Or they are like so willing to show you. Um, and just do it and ask a guy, how many reps do you have on this machine? If you, you know, want to share. Because I think people are reluctant, like they're nervous when I, they see like the machines being used. So they don't really ask, but you like, I just go and ask how many more reps do you have? Can I work in with you? Right? I think, you know, people are understandable. It's a small gym. Everyone try to work on and be healthy. Yeah, a large part of it is probably not, it's like a social element instead of just a fitness element. It's like you're the interactions within the gym and the relationships between the people in the gym. I was talking with Anton. Anton was like my first fitness episode. We talked about his fitness and art. Oh, and this was something I got feedback um, because we talked mostly about his art. And so people were interested in like how much weight he lifted. So how much, how much weight do you, can you like deadlift? When I, so it depends on the type of deadlift. If I, so right now I focused on sort of still building that endurance. Um, and also weightlift. So for Romanian deadlift, I usually put on, so it's a 20 kilograms barbell, the standard barbell. And then I usually put on 25 on each side and I can do that for 15 reps. So that is not my max. Cause I, right now it depends on different stages of life. So for Anton and for people who really want to build muscle, they will do max out. So what that means, they will do like really heavy weights for one or two, one or two reps. Because they want to just get improvement and to break your muscle group so that when it heals, it can become bigger. That's how you grow bigger, is that you break those tissues and muscles and when they heal, they become bigger. For me, I'm in a, like a mini cut season. So I still wanna do 15 reps into every, like 15 sets in every reps, right? So I wouldn't go really, really heavy on the weights. And also I'm not a hundred percent secure about my form. So I don't wanna go too heavy on my weight. So I would say for a Romanian deadlift, I usually go 25, 25 sets. And for bench press, I'm really weak on my chest because I think for girls, because it's just like actually human anatomy, like differences, like for us, it's different when we work out chest versus with guys work out chest. And it's not as efficient when we work out chest. So for my chest, when I do bench press, I usually do a, a warm up with like a barbell that's 25 kilograms. And I will just at max, I'll put on like five kilograms on each side or 10. Cause I just weak on bench press and I know that. And I try, I don't need to go push like heavy weights. I just want to make sure my form is right and I'm making sustainable improvement. Oh, 
That's a good point. And for those of you who are listening who don't know who Anton is, you should go check out. I think it was episode four. Um, but Anton's a a bodybuilder. He like did bodybuilding competition. I think he's still doing it. Just one year older than Annabelle and me. Um, so he graduated last year, and we're gonna graduate this coming year. I see Anton in the gym all the time. Really? Yeah, we dodge people sort of know each other. Um, <laughs> I think so. And also I see Leslie. Oh. I see it a lot in the gym too because um, I think we have a similar schedule. We go in the afternoon like between 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, <laughs> so I probably see a lot of the same people and I make friends with a couple of them this year. <laughs> yeah, like when I go in the morning, it's always the same people too. And we're always yeah. in, the, in the same areas of the gym, which I think is so funny. <laughs> I feel like morning is even more particular <laughs> because there's fewer simple sides of you guys and people who go to the morning I imagine they have very very strong brain power and brain well so they will stick to their morning routines like Caroline <laughs> oh, that's so funny um yeah okay so I think that was is there anything else fitness related that you wanted to share or any advice um for beginners or for even for like advanced people yeah um, I think advice for a beginner is um, to be patient and to expect that fitness is something that takes time to see results. I think that's the biggest thing I learned from working out is that it really takes time, take patience. Um, it's not going to take a week or a month to see the result. It usually takes at least two months or three months. And don't differentiate and don't mistake in like numbers on weight, like on your skill, um, and don't relate that to results. There's a lot of other things. For example, you can run longer. You can run five minutes longer. You can lift heavier. You're more energetic. You can walk faster. You're more active. Those are all active results and you're doing so good. Just keep continuing doing what you're doing. And also don't push yourself too hard. Everyone needs that cheat day. Everyone needs that rest day of the week. If you don't work out for a day or two, that's totally fine. Just go back to the gym at some point and start low. Don't rush yourself into feeling that you need to make up for the two days you didn't work out that's not worth it and it's not going to be very effective because your body hasn't worked out for two days for five days or for 10 days when we're coming back from holiday season but it also needs time to heal so give it time yeah and for people who work out a lot I feel like just have a conversation with yourself are you happy with your current status um what is your goal it doesn't have to be something big like my goal right now is just to maintain my body type and to build more muscle my goal is to be happy, to be energetic, so I can spend more time with my friends and feel more grateful about life. Because this summer when I was interning, I have no time to work out and I feel absolutely miserable. So I really cherish every single minute I have to work out, even in just the 30 minute run. Um, and to think about, I think a better relationship with food and for diet, appreciate everything you eat and not fear what is the right food to eat. Every food is the right food to eat. At the end of the day, it's about how much you eat, how much balance you have in your diet, and also just to develop, you know, a mind-soul connection. So just positivity only. Yeah. Yay. That's really awesome. That's really, <laughs> that's really good. Definitely, like, very mature advice that you learn from your own journey. Yeah. And maybe I want to start a fitness vlogger blog. And if by the time this air and I created that account, I will let 
Caroline now and she will link it in the bottom and you guys better follow out. <laughs> I will follow it, Annabelle. I will personally follow it as well. <laughs> okay, okay. I just wanted to take a moment to say a quick thank you to our sponsor for today, Ana Luisa. Ana Luisa is a New York-based jewelry brand focused on sustainability and affordability. Their jewelry starts at just $39 and new collections are released every Friday in small batches that are kind to the earth. I'm currently wearing their May necklace and they're currently having a 10% sale with up to 60% discounts for last chance items. This is the perfect time to get stocked up for the new year with 10% off their pieces and up to 60% off last chance items. You can shop via the link in my description, shop.analuisa.com slash openmicpod. And they are A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. And once again, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. I know that we talked a lot about fitness and I, I was also interested in maybe just talking for a few minutes about your major and then like what exactly is operations research? Because I know that's probably not the most common major in the engineering school. Yeah, of course. So um, my major is on the engineering school and it's called industrial engineering and operation research. I'm also very confused when I first heard this term, like what is this? But just to put it in simple words, you can consider it as a combination of math, computer science, and economics. That's how I like to say. So you learn um, math in terms of how do you optimize an operation in a business. So that's the operation research side. Industrial engineering, you'll utilize CS, such as Python and R, so in order to come perform data analytics of, let's say, a financial firm's performance result. Or you can also analyze um, in simple terms like Shake Shacks, for example, how many more stores it has opened up in the United States, what its growth like. So you can use data to sort of analyze um, the different companies and corporation to provide insightful um, information to improve their performance. So that's what my major sort of teach us to do is industrial engineering operation research. And for me, how I choose my major is I know that I want something more technical. So not instead of just studying pure economic and science, I still want something that focused on math and computer science. But at the end of the day, I know I am not a um, computer science type of person in the sense that I don't want to be a software engineer. Um, I love utilizing coding as a tour to analyze and provide insightful results for a client. So I'm still interested in, in more of a client interaction. So I think industrial engineering operation research is a nice bridge between engineering and provide you hardcore skill and also allows you to communicate and work in teams and work with group to serve particular clients or corporation and um, have more interaction with people. So I would say if you're someone who wants something technical, but also want people outside of it, IOR is a good major for you. That's so interesting. Thank you for explaining that because I still, as a senior, <laughs> even though I know a lot of people who are doing IOR, I don't know yeah. exactly what it is. So that that cleared and it up. Fun fact: We are the biggest department in engineering school. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, we are more than CS. I don't think you, a lot of people know that, but we're actually the biggest department. Oh, okay. <laughs> then scratch what I said at the beginning because I was like, I was like, I, I thought it was not the biggest or I thought it was like one of the smaller ones, but that's so interesting. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a popular major now. I think because Columbia is actually the first school that has financial engineering or like it's very famous for French financial engineering. So under IOR, there's four different tracks. So financial engineering, it's one of the track and my track is called data analytics. 
and there's another track engineering management system and there is another track is just a standard operation research so there's like four distinct tracks and how I think of it sort of like under CS you have the like the artificial intelligence track you have the system engineering track you have something graphics track or you can do like something else in CS so we have different tracks okay that's good to know I learned something I learned many things today. <laughs> I know that you're also involved in AKSI, right? That's like a big part of what you what you're involved on, what you're involved in on campus. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> your phone case. Yeah. How is that, and what exactly do you do? So AKSI, it's the only pre-professional business organization on campus. Um, so a lot of us, we are we join the fret because of a common um, pre-professional interest, either in tech or finance or consulting, but we still want more of a um, collegiate and interpersonal connection, like a friend setting. So that's why um, we joined AKSI, sort of providing us both professional connection resources, but also um, just a place for people to hang out. And my experience has been great. Um, I joined AKSI my freshman fall. So I am actually the oldest in terms of seniority in AKSI right now. Um, and I really found some people that I would constantly hang out with and I would keep in touch even after I graduate um and for me I'm right now like you know like an old grandma in the sense I have like my own lineage <laughs> but it's also like sort of like a normal fraternity sort. you have your own lineage you can think of it as a family tree um so when I was a freshman and sophomore when I was recruiting a lot of the AKSI brothers have helped my way um, around just providing me information as what different industry does sort of what is investment in banking? Uh, what is sales and trading? What is um, consulting? Like, what are the both brackets? Like, what does it even mean? I didn't, I have no idea before I joined Columbia, but AKSI sort of provides that resource. Um, and everyone is so intelligent, but so humble and willing to help. So by the time I am, um, I was a junior and now a senior, I just naturally want to give back. I wanted to provide help and be helpful to also like, junior member who was like me had no idea what they want to do trying to figure it out so just by taking on littles which is like you know your little family like your little daughters your sons or like grandchild children um it's been a great experience just to see how much they grow and also we just hang out so much as a family they will come over to my ec suite which is the dorm i live in at columbia and we will like cook together um so we will cook and talk it's just like a fun day I think it just provides you a space, a resource, and it's all also up to you how you make out of it. Um, you just know we, we're all in the same fraternity. Um, it's really up to you if you want to go up to these brothers and to have a conversation and to build, you know, more interpersonal connection. Um, and I think a lot of the connection I've made is through those, or like through like actively reaching out to people like you. Um, I think we met like at the gym, but then once we create our own group chat, like we try to do something more, more than just going to the gym together. Cause we don't really see each other in the gym cause we go on different time, but like we'll get brunch together. We'll get dinner together. We'll talk together. We'll do stuff, stuff like this together. So maybe a sidetrack, but yeah, appreciate. That's a good sidetrack. And I guess to <laughs> end off the episode, do you have any advice for people who are in college now and be underclassmen or people who are applying to college? What would you say to them? That's a good question. I would say to think about what you want to do right now 
um, and what you enjoy doing right now, rather than thinking about this is what I would do if I have time. I think that it's the biggest like um, mentality I had when I was a high school senior was that, oh, after taking this AP exam, I can't, you know, do X, Y, Z, I'll be free. After applying to college, after I got into college, I'll have more time to do this stuff. And you realize that's not true. After you get into college, you have less time, right? Freshman year, I would tell myself, after I am a sophomore, I would. And sophomore year, I would tell myself, after I finish recruiting, I would, right? But then you realize, well, if you just keep saying that, you'll never really get to do what you were enjoying at this moment. And what you need to do and you should do is to think about, how can I balance life, what I want to do versus schoolwork, extracurricular and recruitings or application to med school. And it's hard, but I think it's really important to not just focus all your energy in one aspect, whether that it's school, whether that's recruiting, whether that it's workout, but to allow yourself to explore multiple things you know, at once um, and to never push off what you want to do till later. I know a lot of people say New Year resolution, but why not start tomorrow? I know it's December 29th, as tomorrow as it, as it today but you know that's why do you have to wait until january the first if you have something you want to do do it now right if you watch this episode why don't you go out and take a walk why don't you start running on the treadmill that's something why don't you start following caroline gervin and do a hit workouts her epic three right that's something so just live in the moment and to do everything you want at the moment putting things off to tomorrow or to next year or to after college etc is I feel like it's something that so many people fall into this trap of doing but yeah it's really good advice to just get started now if it's something that you really want to do like why not do it now you can find a couple of hours like find a weekend that you have the time to, to do something or to start something um and then see where it takes you well that's why I'm so inspired by Caroline <laughs> for starting this podcast because that's <laughs> something I wanted to start I tell myself I'm gonna start Instagram you know, fitness blog. I'm going to start making my vlog. You know what? Just following my own advice. I'm going to start making my vlog tonight. <laughs> After this. <laughs> That's yeah. perfect. And I guess anything to plug. So we all, we know Annabelle's fitness blog. Go follow her on her fitness journey. <laughs> anything else you want to plug? Guys, please watch Caroline's other episode. She's amazing. She's great. Um, and I'm just, you know, very grateful to have her as one of my close friends at Columbia. And I'm very exciting for next year. Hopefully, Doc's going to remain open, even if we are virtual. Mm. Otherwise, I will literally cry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I look forward to a new semester with you. Yeah, thank you so much, Annabelle. Thank you so much for coming on, and you're so sweet. And thank you sure. to our viewers who, if you're watching <laughs> this on YouTube, make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe and comment. And if you're listening to this on any other podcast streaming platform, make sure to follow and thumbs up if you can. Once again, thank you so much to our sponsor, Annalisa. Don't forget to use my link in bio to shop 10% off and up to 60% off last chance items to prep yourself for the new year. I just want to say like this actually makes me self-reflect so much about like my like past like five years of fitness journey and like what I have been doing good and what I've not been doing so good. So thanks for sending in the question. It's very reflective. <laughs> happy New Year, everyone. One year anniversary of the podcast. Have a safe and happy 2022. Bye. Yes. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs>